you know, we're outsiders and all of a sudden we're just like sucked into this black hole and spit out the other side of this black hole within moments into this other realities. This is the Still Parents Podcast. It is episode 38. Welcome along. My name is Dan Kelly. We are live on YouTube and I think actually... Although I've said this a few times now since we moved into our new studios, I think this time we actually might be. We're all good. We got Ryan. Take a deep breath. There we are. <laughs> Ryan's been living in the studio for the last three weeks trying to get it working. I'm a hermit. Matt Whitehouse, how are you, Matt? <laughs> I'm fine, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm all good. And our guest today, all the way from the USA, we've got Joshua Houston. How are you, Joshua? I'm well, fellas. How are you? Now, I know you're in the Northern Hemisphere, so it's, it's definitely not summer over there, but it looks a nice day. Very nice day, 70 and sunny, essentially. So, And this is in uh, southwest Missouri, Springfield. Yep, middle of the country. What I will say, by the way, is, because um, I know your first impression with Ryan right now, is you, he might be thinking, wow, he's a little bit grumpy, isn't he? And I'll, I'll explain why. <laughs> Ryan, on Friday night, had his first alcohol for 10 weeks after going on an intensive fitness regime. In true Ryan style, at the end of it, and rather than having a moderate drink, drank everything he could find in the in the Midlands. <laughs> and it's now 48 hours later, and he's still just about learning how to function again. Is that about right? So he's Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know those ones all go over when they don't even want to put up a fight about it. <laughs> Seriously though, congratulations on on doing this for 10 weeks though, Ryan. How are you feeling, by the way? Yeah, really good, actually. Yes. Really good. I'll tell you something though, it's um it was, yeah, it was a baptism of fire, shall we say, having a few more beers than than I'm used to over the last few weeks. Well, last, yeah, like I say, 10 weeks. And and you know what? I'd happily not ever drink again after how I felt yesterday. We all say that when we're hungover, though. Tell me that if you feel that way tomorrow. <laughs> I will feel that way tomorrow. I'm back on the wagon. Back in the gym. Court you're in past 40s, you're 40 now, aren't you? So hangovers now officially last two days. Absolutely, yeah. My hangovers have been lasting two days for a long time. <laughs> what I usually do is drink through the hangover. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the right way of doing it. <laughs> so here we are, episode 38. Joshua, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us. So let's get into your story, Joshua. And as I say to all guests, please feel free to take us as, as much time as you need. And there's no rush for, for anything on this. And tell us about your story because you lost your daughter with your partner, Tiffany. Uh, you lost your daughter Vivian to stillbirth I believe it was 34 weeks and this was in 2015 so just over October 2015 so just over seven years ago so if you don't mind would you like to take us through what happened with you guys sure please? yeah if I may start with a couple parts um, just I want to just extend gratitude to you all and uh, the effort and the energy and the blood sweat and tears and the just the sacrifice you guys are making for our community. I'm just really grateful. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. And I just want to extend that gratitude to you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you very much. Means a lot. And then if you maybe indulge me for a bit of sentiment, it struck me the other day that as we get, as us fellas get together tonight and share our stories and whatnot and chat and um, cut up a little that maybe somehow, some way Lily and Callie, and Vivian have also come together. Don't necessarily know how that all works, but I would just love to think that they're together right now with us. And they too are making fun of our dumb dad jokes or, <laughs> you know, whatever, however. Um, but that's sort of in my heart tonight. And um, so I just wanted to share a couple those couple of things. I love that. Thank you. Let me, if I may, set some framework by just a, a sort of a few bullet points and some context so that when I talk through the story 
maybe it helps folks comprehend a little more efficiently and a little better. As you guys said earlier, October 2015 is when we lost Vivian. She died on October 20th, and she was born on October 21st, the next day, of course. At that time, in October 2015, um, my wife and I, were we were in our early 40s, and we were married 17 years at that point. And we had, at the time, two boys, 11 and 13. Now they're 18 and 20. But at the time, the boys were 11 and 13. And in just in the scope of life and, you know, the, the, the paths we were on, we were mostly done with having kids in our psychology and in our just where we were at the chapter of life. Essentially, what I'm being to say is that Vivian was unexpected. Our pregnancy with Vivian was unexpected. And um, after our second son was born, if you fast forward to 2008, we experienced a miscarriage. So that kind of plays into your, you know, path and your decision making, things of that nature. Also, at the time that Vivian died, my wife was a labor and delivery nurse, and she had just begun graduate school to become a certified nurse midwife. Okay. So that's, that's kind of an important element there. And, and then the last piece is that due to a condition of pregnancy that Tiffany gets in every pregnancy, um, we schedule um, an induction early um, for the sake of Tiffany and the baby. And in this case, um, you know, we lost Vivian at 34 weeks. However, in our, the, the experiential, the, the, um, the practical part of planning, our psychology, um, news to friends and family, sharing timelines, we were 12 days short of bringing her home. You know, that kind of sets where our, uh, kind of where our heads were at and were the practical parts of, of planning to bring home Vivian, things of that nature. So I hope that kind of helps set. Yeah. Some framework. It's something we've heard quite a lot actually with the guests on it, especially when it's so close because it was 34 weeks, wasn't it, with Vivian? You're in that mode now where it, you're just thinking about bringing the baby home and it's so close to it being real. Yeah, I mean, it was just so close. And, you know, obviously the, the entire pregnancy is tactile and, and real. And, you know, there's so much activities and celebration that goes into it. But then when you're only 12 days out, it's mm. just as you guys all know, it's just, a, it's a, it's a different, you know, way of living life at that point. So for us, it was 34 weeks and it was also 12 days yeah. before bringing her home. So, all right. So let me jump into a bit of the timeline in this story here. Yeah, and okay. um, if I can, if I confuse, please don't hesitate to interrupt me. If we go to spring of 2015, I believe it was March, but it was a weekend night, like a Saturday or Sunday night. And I'm sort of in this Netflix and chill mode. Um, Tiffany was just kind of busy, whatever, doing sh- whatever she was doing. And then kind of out of nowhere, she comes to me and sits next to me on the couch. And um, after 17 years of marriage, you might expect that I kind of sensed her energy. And it was not like she's going to sit with me and watch whatever we were watching or I was watching, but she had something to share. Yeah. And I, I kind of sensed that. And so she's like, hey, I, I, you know, I need to share this with you. And then pretty quickly <laughs> brings out a positive pregnancy test, which is uh, 90 degrees out of left field, you know, just completely <laughs> not so you, what's on your mind. And So you found out about the positive pregnancy test during the middle of your Netflix and chill. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Was, yep. your fir- was your first thought, sorry, it's an inappropriate question, was could you wait to the end of the episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can understand your question. In this particular case, it wasn't. Um, yeah. I'm only messing. I, cer- I certainly appreciate the humor. Uh, <laughs> 
So, um, I, and she, it's funny you say that because I, she had this notion that I wasn't going to take it well. Right. And, um, and that it was reasonable. Because uh, it wasn't planned, I'm guessing. And the, the no, amount of, cause uh-huh. your, your, your oldest was 13 at the time. Is that right? That's right. Around that time. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just kind of like, we hadn't completely ruled out one last one, but just the way things played out, it's just, we just, this is just not where our headspace was yeah, at. Yeah, I get that. So then, you know, there's this sort of mechanical few moments where you're, you're literally bringing in this information into your brain. And, and so then I remember just almost with, with, with just shy of those few moments, like I just, I got off the couch and I was um, just excited and overjoyed. And, and it was early in the pregnancy. Of course, we can't tell anybody this and that, but you know, just she and I, I was just overjoyed and to a point at which I surprised myself. I, I think that there's a piece where once you've got, middle schoolers and you've there's enough there's some evidence that we're not completely ruining those middle schoolers <laughs> as parents like then when you bring up um, this baby in it's just like oh well we got this yeah. you know fundamentally like we got this you know I think we're it's not- something that happens quite a lot isn't it with <laughs> the two children families it's like the third oh it's not planned and maybe you you from a selfish viewpoint it's like, oh it's nice to have the baby again forgetting about the sleepless nights the sitting out you know all that stuff. but yeah i mean yeah. it was nice to hear that you you found it a beautiful moment you know when you uh, oh, yeah so much <laughs> so much and and like i said i've surprised myself even uh, like i said she's a labor and delivery nurse and you know we had used a midwife prior um with our second son and so we enter into that process peri uh pre prenatal process things of that nature and it all goes well um, a number of weeks later, we discover or find out, you know, she's a baby girl. And it's just like, uh, fellas, I was just over the moon. Like, I, I experienced this childlike joy that I had all but forgotten since I was maybe nine or 10 years old myself. And and it was just like, oh, my, you know, you're thrilled either way. Healthy baby, obviously. But then to, like, have my boys and then yeah. have a baby girl, it was just like, I, so I was just on cloud nine for the rest of the pregnancy. The, the outcomes of the the um, appointments were good and positive. She yeah. was growing well, things of that nature. And we were in good hands. Um, we were, you know, continued our paths that we were on. And, the, you know, of course, family and friend become aware and know and are curious. And I'm thinking that by the time she graduates high school, I'm going to be 80 years old and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, things of that nature, but yeah, we watching like, Netflix one night. All of a sudden, eighty yeah. got another one away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I just remember this sense, like you know, we were gifted Vivian, and I mean, I don't deserve her. I, you know, this whole thing it was just like just completely unexpected, and it was just like we embraced the notion of her and the her pregnant. We just, I mean, we just were all in. And our family was, and our friends were, and our whole community, and, and you know the boys like the whole thought of like big brothers, and you know our our younger brother, um, you know our second son now became got to become a big brother. Yeah. That was awesome, and all these things, and it's just like wow. And so I was just so deep gratitude, and just we were just really all in enjoying it. Um, and so then fast forward um, to October, um, she has a very good outcome of a um, checkup appointment um, the week prior. And then 
on October 20th. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but maybe yeah. it was a Tuesday. Tiffany goes to work. And again, she's a labor and delivery nurse. So she's going on for a 12 hour shift at the hospital. And um, she notices that Vivian hadn't moved in a little bit. And just purely coincidentally, her good friend, Caroline, who is an OB doctor, do- uh, OB doc, uh, doctor, she was also on the floor. And so she said something to Caroline. They found a room with the sonogram or the, you know, to check heartbeat and, you know, determined there was no heartbeat. And so of course that begins a whole sequence of events and, you know, both emotionally and um, clinically, if you will. Um, And I remember, you know, it's like, it's one of those moments in your life, like, you know, God forbid I get Alzheimer's, but this is one I just, I, I don't think I'll ever forget, you know, and, and it's, I'm taking our oldest to school. It's somewhere around eight o'clock or just after eight o'clock in the morning. And I have my phone on the dash and I get a call from Caroline, which is incredibly unusual. Like, okay. And then I also know enough that they're on the floor together, not every day, but routinely they're on the floor together. So I'm like, okay. Um, and I put it, I answered it, but on hands free. Yeah. And Ethan was right next to me in the front seat. And we're at this large intersection turning left through the intersection to go up to his school. I'm trying to navigate this intersection safely and drive, but knowing that like this, something's not right. And Did you have a sense of that? Cause we hear that. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And, and Caroline came on and she was choked up and she's like, Josh, I need you to come be with Tiffany. I'm like, ah. Oh. And so like, I just knew then yeah. fellas and, I, I got my big boy next to me, but you know, he's 13. It's like, I, I, I'm scrambling to take my phone and put it on my ear yeah. so that he doesn't hear more than he needs to. And cause you know, I don't really know anything really. I just have this sense. And so, cause you know, there's going to anyway, be questions, I, isn't there? And you have you need to process oh it yourself and that those. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So how did you handle that moment then? So I just put my hand, I think and he, he of course, without asking him, uh, explicitly, but I just somehow I remember putting my hand on his knee and saying, Hey buddy, I hope you have a great day. And you know, I'm going to go see mom and, and it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Um, so anyway, I drop, drop him off. And of course I beeline it to the hospital and, you know, um, meet up with Tiffany and Caroline and we, we cry together, of course. And then, you know, we talk through, you know, some of the practical parts of it. And then we decided to go home. Tiffany and I decided to go home and um, gather some things. We took some time to cry and to pray um, for just for the two of us. We hadn't yet notified family um, because, of, you know, there's a ripple effect with that. So we just needed some time to ourselves. And then and we did begin to um, sh- share with family and this and that. Um, and then sort of plan to go back to the hospital. At this point, the boys are still in school, their school day and, um, so we, you know, we're, um, begin to have assistance from family and uh, obviously, and, um, Joshua, sorry, if you don't mind, if you don't mind me yeah. jumping in and asking here, mm-hmm. because I think it's, it's, as we just mentioned with, uh, was it your eldest Ethan in the car and just having that time mm-hmm. to process it yourself. And so you and your wife, Tiffany, you wanted to have that time before you started to tell your family and inform them about things. Obviously, there's no answer in terms of time scale. I wonder what Ryan and Matt also think about this. But how how long did you leave it? Oh, just maybe an hour or so. Oh, okay, um, so that's pretty neat. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, it, and and this maybe would warrant 
uh, hum- humbly, let me say this, this could some of these parts and pieces could warrant their own episode, if you will, and uh, not, not necessarily on your guys' podcast, but just to, to unpack some of these things about, you know, we're outsiders and all of a sudden we're just like sucked into this black hole and spit out the other side of this black hole within moments into this other reality. So can I jump in there? That's a great, that's yeah, that, a that line. great way of saying it. Like what you've just said there about the fact that we're on the outside, because I think you're right as dads, we are, you know, you don't, you, you don't mean to be, but I think it's just your place, isn't it? You know, I think it's the fact that you, you, your partner, your wife, whoever has, 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 has carried, has, has, has felt all the movements, the feelings, that kind of stuff. There's no way of us knowing that. Of course, you then start to see the ripple of the tummy when the baby's moving around and stuff like that. But what you said about going into this hole and coming out the other side, that's that, that's mm-hmm. that's what do you think, Roy? No, I think, it, yeah, sort of hit the nail on the head. Bullseye, really, yeah. in, in the respect of that. I, d- I don't think I've ever been in a situation before where I felt completely and utterly helpless. Um, oh, my. And, and, and I think one of the, the hardest things about it was that no matter what I wanted to do, say, or whatever it may be, it was not going to change the outcome. And that was the hardest thing for me as, as, as a dad, not, not being able to protect and not having any control over what was happening at that moment in time was just absolutely demoralizing and like you say being thrown into a black hole and spat out the other end yeah. in into a, a a world that is just mm. so well it was the unknown obviously um but a, a world where it almost felt like you were just spinning constantly and you were trying to spin so many plates and no matter what well, and there's no there's really no like right or wrong in in much of this in some places there's maybe a right or wrong or a best practice but in lot and so much of it, there's just like personal choice. Like, yeah. you you know, you're not going to get the the hospital to say, oh, you must do this unless it's tied to something legal. If yeah. it's not tied to something legal, then you have choice. And like some, sometimes that's sort of discombobulating or like you, you're already wrapped up in your own emotions. And but yet you have to execute on this, you know, sort of clinical path. But yet you're trying to balance your emotions and the emotions of your wife and you know, work through some things and this and that. So yeah, we, we were somewhat deliberate in some ways um, in our timing of things, but yeah. Joshua, can I ask, because I, I, I remember obviously when, when we were told the news about Lily in, in the side room and, and I think mm. as, we've, as we've alluded to and right from the beginning is as soon as you sort of see or you hear something, you, you almost know what, what's about to be told to you. I always remember Amy, my wife, there was a scream that was probably the most haunting scream um, I will ever hear for the rest of my life. But then it was almost like the roles had, had reversed to some extent, and I almost felt like I was probably more um, in need of support at that time than probably mm. Amy was 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 showing across maybe by herself, I think, because she'd had to maybe she knew that obviously the baby had to be born, that Lily had to be Mm. born. And I I often wonder whether she had um, put herself mentally into a situation of, of, sorry, into a place of knowing that she was going to have to go through birth. So she'd prepare, so she was preparing herself mentally. Did you have a a, a sort of similar, similar experience, I suppose, in in regard to Tiffany and, and, and yourself and, you know, who, who, was the sort of, I'd hate to use it, but who was, 
almost came across as looking like the strongest at that time. Yes. Yeah. And historically throughout our marriage, you know, it's a blessing that we, you know, we rarely end up both, um, you know, when, when she is strong, I am weak. When I am strong, she is weak. That's the typical, rarely is it that we're both weak. And of course, after Vivian, there's times that we, we have been, but largely it is a cyclical in a, in a good way, in a, in a productive or helpful way. It's a, you know, we've been able to do that. And I'm so grateful for that, but we, you know, we did experience that, um, you know, we go back to the hospital and then of course we're, you know, we're on Tiffany's floor We're we're, you know, we're not strangers. And, and so there's a group of people on her floor, care providers, nurses, and the staff that they know us and they've been with us with Vivian's pregnancy. And, and so like, they have a process to follow, but they're also, they also are with us. There, there's an emotional. And so like, they're just, they were a godsend um, in so many ways, but we enter into this, you know, process of, delivering Vivian and the induction and things of that nature. And, you know, my wife had um, chosen to deliver both boys, all natural, you know, no drugs, no epidural, any of that. And I mean, somehow, some way she decided that's exactly how Vivian was coming to us. She did not care. And so, you know, to what you were saying about kind of just, you, 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 you have to do what you have to do at times and you push through, um, and so, and I, I think because I was so close with her in the delivery of the boy, labor and delivery of the boys that, you know, I kind of knew my role a little bit and what had been, what, what had been helpful to her in the past. And I just sort of reassumed that method and stuff. And so there was times where, because our nurses were also her friends and, you know, there was times there were some lighthearted moments for the sake of sanity, but then of course there was a bunch of crying and stuff too, but like, you know, you, you can't just cry and expect to deliver a baby in this way. And like, so you have to have these moments and, you know, so we go through and the next day, you know, Vivian's born, you know, Tiffany is just pushed through and pushed through and she holds Vivian for a little while. And then it's at some point, it's, I guess, my turn, if, if that's how you say it. And I go to her side of her bed and take Vivian from her and put her against my chest and um take your time so right. take your time thank you thanks fellas as soon as she hits my chest i thought for sure i was gonna fall down mm-hmm. and so i didn't fall down i pushed like i was like no you cannot fall down you cannot fall down and i got myself over to the little sofa thing in her room and like there was just something this visceral spiritual like and guys, I mean, I've never shared this before other than, you know, just a very short number, low number of people, a single one or two people. But like, it just so overcame me that this is my baby girl. And she's gone and she's with me and I can't do a damn thing about any of it. And I find myself uncontrollable in my emotion and and we're you know we're on this floor where other families are the joy and happiness of bringing their babies into the world uh infrequently the overhead speakers play the chime of a new baby coming and here i am just completely like in this different sort of caveman state of just raw emotion and and it's 
largely uncontrollable. And I, I remember, you know, I was just, I apologized to Vivian. I apologized to Tiffany. Like I just couldn't do anything. And, 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 and Josh, you know what? The thing is, right. It's, um, we've talked about this so many times in the sense of, um, you, well, Ryan talks about it quite, quite well and says that we're, you know, men are meant to be, uh, the fixers in the relationship and people who are meant to be able to do something about things. And, you know, if you're around people, you're, you know, you're not meant to be the vulnerable one, but you know <laughs> what, when, when you go through an experience like this, that you were talking about a black hole before that just goes out, 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 out the window completely. And it, and it, mm -hmm. and it, and it um, the rules go out the window. There's no rules to it. There's no manual. There's no, uh, way of doing things you said there's no right or wrong way and and you know you said you apologized and I think that that's an interesting hmm. I think it's an interesting thing you said there because you know uh it's the guy thing yeah it, isn't it? yeah it's and, it's it's irrational when yeah. you're clear-headed yeah. in that time in that yeah it, it, it it's just like that's just what came from me it's like I I'm I just want to just fix or solve or turn back time or yeah. something you know and she was beautiful and there was nothing wrong with her like and and so and we were so blessed in that way and and uh, so then I even felt bad because I started like sort of hogging her like I was hogging the ball if you will like right. and and so in my in my emotional state I remember Caroline she was outside of the room and you know she spent a great deal of time with us but she came in to say you know hey do you want to take is it okay for me to, do you need me to take Vivian from you? Like, cause I think the girls at that point had sort of realized that there was sort of this physical thing and I was not going to let her go. I mean, I just got like basically mean. I was like, you know, no one, no one, no one is taking my baby girl. And so, and of course she was super respectful and, and so kind. And um, I even, I, to this day, I feel awful because I took time away from her with, with Tiffany and, but I can't explain it guys. It was just, it was so just raw and visceral. And I just, I needed, I needed what I needed and it feels terrible to say in some sense, in some sense, not, but that, and that's where I was at. And I for, forgive me because I want to be respectful of our time together tonight, but that oh, was yeah. such a, a, such a pivotal moment for me. And, and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll never, obviously, well, I'll I never think, forget I think it. As so. well, I think as well, Joshua, is that um, it, I think as, as, as bereaved parents, which is what we are, at that time when our child is brought into the world and we go through that sheer emotion and, and upset and devastation, I think it's also a fear of how we react because I feared for my own reaction and the reaction of others within that room mm -hmm. as well. You've mentioned this before. I always I, I, I always was racked with guilt. I always had a load of guilt and I, I went to counselling after we lost mm -hmm. Lily and I had quite a few counselling sessions and um, I, th I think the thing with guilt as well is where guilt is something that you can't fix guilt. You just let it ride and it will go eventually. But my guilt was that I was actually really scared to hold Lily because mm. I, I didn't want to break her. I, I thought to myself, she's, she's 
she looked pe- she looked peaceful. She looked asleep. She looked normal, and I didn't want to hold her because I was petrified of breaking her. And I've you know Amy's mum mm. and and my mum were in the room at the time, and they uh, gave Lily to me, and and mm. it was a sense of absolute helplessness. Um, I don't think I've ever felt so useless at a, at a time where I wasn't able to, to, like, you know, you've said yourself, I wasn't able to fix it. I wasn't able to make things better. I wasn't able to turn back time to go back, you know, to, to wherever, it, whatever period of time I wanted to turn back to. Um, and, and I think that is the, I was frightened. I was frightened of my reaction. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, Ryan. Do you mind if I ask you something both here, actually? Because with that scenario, you, Joshua, with being handed Vivian and what you said at the start about not wanting to fall over and just stay stay strong, and then the things that you mentioned, when I noticed just how self-aware you were on, despite going through that moment, that emotional moment, at its most rawest part, you're Mm. thinking of how your behaviour is affecting other people. Oh, my word. Is, I, I'm sure the whole floor heard me. Yeah. And I, I suspect that's part of what brought Caroline in was clear. I mean, for for me and Tiffany first, but I guarantee you the whole floor heard me. And they're yeah. there for joy. They're there for happiness. Exactly. So. <laughs> and on top of that hearing, I can't remember the word you used, but it's like a chime. That's I've not heard anything. Yeah. I've not heard anything like that before. Do we have, have that? that? Inter- and the whole 36 hours that we're in the hospital, that was, I mean, that's just... you know, infrequently, of course, babies come when babies come, but um, yeah. Yeah, they that's, play the overhead chime, and you know, punched, isn't it? Yeah. So that's oh, I mean, it was I, so bad. I, I mean, that that's um, I, when you mentioned I, that because I, I wanted to bring, I wanted to roll back to it because I hadn't heard of of something like it was that ha- happening before. It was hard enough. I mean, because it sounds similar to you. We we when we lost Callie, we were on a um, we had a room called the Jasmine Suite, uh, mm. and it was on the maternity ward, and it was hard enough hearing mums pushing yeah. and and babies the general in, noise from general noise that yeah, should yeah, be yeah, expected yeah. But, from that place so this on top of it that, like and and, and, I, and i bet I, well look i can only i can only ask you this question did you feel that this at this point when you heard that chime it was almost like rubbing it in your face did you did you feel what was that an emotion that came out or no i mean i think um I, at the time it was it was understood it, it was it wasn't it wasn't good <laughs> selfishly speaking it was not good but you certainly understood and you just you you want this joy and happiness for the rest of our hum- humans <laughs> the yeah. rest of our you know yeah, yeah. people and, yeah. and community you want this joy and you know we experienced it with both boys and of course and so yeah you know yeah. Which I get, but that's, I think it's the last thing you want to hear isn't it that that's right yeah so Ryan, would you, going back to what Joshua was saying then, that's what I, what I wanted to ask you, that that feeling when you held Lily May. Yep. Did you have any similar feelings of that? I know you spoke about guilt in the past, but just the awareness of... Because I think Joshua mentioned you thought you were, it's your child and it's that moment and you felt like you were, you were wary that you thought you were hogging her. I just wondered if there's any comparison. Mm. I know it's hard to talk about, but seeing as you're both in that similar sort of scenario... I can still, to this day, remember the exact seat that I was sat in in the room. I can remember who was in the room, and I can remember when she was given to me. And I remember looking up, and I looked at the ceiling. Now I'm not religious, um, and I have, I, you know, I have no issues with people who are religious. You know, for me, it's just 
I've never been religious. And so I wasn't looking at the ceiling as though I was sort of praying or anything like that. But I remember looking at the ceiling because I was part of my French shit scared mm. to even mm. look at her. Um, because I felt that she, yeah. I, I actually felt that she was going to judge me, that I'd failed her as, oh, a, well, as a dad. And I yeah, think that that's an interesting one. That was that was that was uh, probably something that ate away at me for a long time as well. Is that she was judged that she would judge me that I couldn't stop it, and I've only actually ever told the counsellor that. Um, but that's I feel it's the right time to say it is that because I don't know what. You know, I don't know what's after life. I don't, none of us know, obviously, what's after life. I'd like to believe there is something. And I would like to believe that mm. that Vivian, Callie, Lily, you know, and all the other babies mm. are having a whale of a time. And, As Joshua and said at the start. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. And I would love to believe that that there is something. But, yeah, one thing that, that, that really got at me was that she was going to think that I'd failed her as a dad. Mm. Which is your grief projecting what you think she might be thinking back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. I, wow. I, I remember, I remember thinking and actually saying it out loud. I broke down when I said that I was, I was holding Callie. And again, it's funny what Ryan said about, you can, you can remember these things so clearly, even though it's six years and it was a dreadful time. I was sat on the couch and I was holding Callie and I just broke down and said, all I wanted to be was a dad. You know, fortunately, there was a person in the room at the time, one of our friends, and she actually put her arm around me and said, but you are a dad. But because Callie was our first one and because she hadn't worked out the way we thought it was going to, I couldn't see at that point that I was. Well, you are a dad, but you you don't have her. It's, it's horrible, isn't it? And it's, it's bizarre. the best and the worst at the same That's time. That's it, yeah. Mm. It's, it's such a weird emotion looking back. Um, but yeah. It's yeah. interesting hearing you through talk because, like you, you meant you... You talking, Joshua, about when you got the call, you, you even knew what direction you were turning on the street. You said you were turning left. Ryan remembers exactly who was in the room. You, you with the sofa in your house. It's, it's those moments because they're just, well, they're imprinted, aren't they? they Which are. is a curse and a gift. Is it? Could you want to remember that? <laughs> would you rather not? Would you rather not remember that moment to any of those? Th it's a, it's a strange question. I, well, I can only speak and say that actually, I, I would. I want to remember everything of it because Callie was there. Yeah. Because physically Callie was in my arms. And, and I know now that whatever I do and however, wherever I go and however much I cuddle let her, it'll never be cuddling Callie. Yeah. And, 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 and so I want to remember those. If, if, Callie's, if Callie's skin hadn't changed and the respect that we needed to give her to, to allow her to go off for a post-mortem and things like this, if, I, if someone said to me, you can bring her home forever, damn right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, of course, if it was if it was viable and you were able to do it, I would absolutely have brought Callie home. I wouldn't have. I, 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 you know, we spent three days, and I'd have, I'd, have st I'd still be there now. But unfortunately, life doesn't work that way, does it? Yeah, so, it's well said, man. It's well said. Uh, so she was born on the Wednesday, and and it got to Thursday evening, and we were, you know. None of neither of us wanted to have that discussion. We didn't even want to look at each other for that discussion because we were like, we know it's coming, but we didn't want to look at each other and think, you know, who's going to make out of the two of us, who's going to make the decision? Because we were both definitely thinking it at that point by Thursday night, and we were like, and you, you can sense it is that that energy in the room, you know? Yeah, who did no. by the way? I, I think we made it together. You did. So you I had think the, we you we had literally yeah, but but. We were both thinking the same thing at that point. Yeah. You know, we were like, right, we need to make a time. We, we need to decide a time. And it was one o'clock on the Friday. And I carried her over to the um, the chapel of rest and, 
and handed her handed her over and left her and left her there. So yeah, yeah, it's excruciating. That, I mean, that, sure. that is the the details that you guys can remember about that. Yeah. You knew the time then, Matt. Yeah, I, I mean, I can obviously I, I know the time she was born, six forty six. I could tell you the song that was on the radio at the time that came on the other day in the office. Didn't yeah, it came on. Said. We were talking yeah. Yeah, about something and it came on, and yeah. I said, "Gee, that that is." Freaky. It was Owl City. Fireflies. Yeah. Is what she, it was number one. Uh, you've mentioned on, that song on the, before. On the on the day she was. Uh, do you want to hear it when born. it comes on? Or uh, do you know what? Some of them. And this is why. I, Does it I, depend how you feel in that moment? It might yeah. Be different different it's, days. I, I actually quite like the song. Believe it or not, it's some of the most freakiest things used to happen. You used to go to the cemetery on the way home from from work, or um, I'd go in and see her at the cemetery, and then get in the car, and Owl City had come on. Um, on the radio or, you know, something like that. And it was almost like, they, there's your sign. And that's yeah. where I was saying, you know, like about wanting to believe, believe. that there is something after. There's a spirituality about There something. is a spirituality, yeah, definitely. And um, there's loads of things I can remember. Some of the, the strangest things, I remember walking out of, after she'd been born and we'd been in the room for a while and I walked out into the waiting area of the, and actually the antenatal clinic at Solihull Hospital and um, where you were saying there, Joshua, about that when you were holding her skin to skinning, that you were, you'd, it was going to bring you to your knees. I actually did drop to my knees when I walked out of that door. Mm. My dad and my stepmom were there, and my best mate and his uh, wife. And I literally, that I'd never, ever been in a situation where I've lost the ability, apart from when I've had about 15 Stellars, I've, where I've lost the ability of my legs. And my legs just gave way. Just literally, I went down to my knees. I just lost all ability to walk. Mm. It's like I had lost control of my whole body at that point. That's right. It's the most yes. painful, probably mm -hmm. the most painful experience I've ever been through. And that's why I look at it, and I'm sure the other two lads will, will back me up and say that you can throw anything at me now, but yeah. pa pain-wise... Nothing will ever touch that. Nothing, no. nothing, nothing. And, uh, you know, I, I could, this is why, this is why, you know, when I'm running and I do my running and I'm like, I'm going up a hill, I'm like, this is ridiculous. But it's never going to be as painful. <laughs> it's never right. going to be as painful as that moment when, mm -hmm. when, when you find out about that and you deal with that. It's never. So, yeah. you know what? In a way, I have to thank Callie because. I think you know what life can chuck whatever they want at me. You know, do it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll take it. There's so many different routes and different ways to to talk about this. I think a lot of the times, obviously, we what we've spoke about now in our 38th episode, there's recurring themes. One that we often hear about is is the the, the guilt. Something as well is just remembering those specifics and and everything. But there's also the the, the different nuances as well. Something you mentioned then, Ryan, about that whole th just how bad that particular moment was. Mm. And uh, the only uh, the only sort of example I can put it up against, just to use this phrase, is you know with you here with uh, someone struggling with alcohol and they say it's like you need to hit rock bottom before you come back. Yeah, yeah. Now I for losing a baby is rock, rock bottom. Losing your child is rock bottom the moment it happened or was that your rock bottom? And is it is that a point where you realise, okay, I'm now ready to try and heal as much as I can or just accept the, the acceptance of the situation? I think the realisation that I'd hit rock bottom 
was the realization that I wasn't invincible. You know, we always go through the the thinking, oh, it's not going to happen to me. You know, it's always going to happen to somebody else, whether it's, you know, a car crash, whether it's a, it's a, a form of illness, it? it's ignorance. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah, for me, it was more the, I've really hit rock bottom here and I am now struggling because I realize that I can't control everything and I can't um, stop things. You're fallible. There's no cheat codes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that I am human, human and breakable. And that's actually where I then struggled a lot more with my grief and, and everything was because, because the, reality sets in. the reality set in that I can't control things. So there were things, you know, like um, phobias and stuff that got a lot worse. Um, because I wasn't able to control them, and it was the realization that I couldn't control a, pho- a certain phobia and things oh, wow. like that, and it got things like that did get a lot worse. So I suppose to some extent, yes, I hit rock bottom, but and moved forward and had more yeah. of an understanding of things like that. But in terms of the, you know, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to pick yourself right back up Which is up a cliche, again. isn't it? But it, it does is sum a, it up because you yeah. need to, you can't heal until no, yeah. you're ready to and ev- you've accepted everything that yeah. needs to be accepted before you yeah. take those steps. And one thing I'll never do with this is accept it. Absolutely I'll learn to right. live with it. Absolutely. What right. word should I use instead of accepting on this elephant in the room question? <laughs> Why have you put yourself in the elephant in the room? <laughs> well, that's it, yeah, because no, I don't, yeah, don't want to use the word No, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't say... I, I have accepted that it is now part of my life and that I have to live with it, mm. but I will never accept what has happened. Oh, okay. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I've accepted that it is part of my life and it's made me the person that yeah, I yeah. am now um, and the person that I will be as I, you know, as I, I grow up and what happens. Uh, well, I mean, I know I'm 40, but as I grow a little bit older as well, but I will... Sorry, Joshua, he just wants you to say, you don't look it, Ryan, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. You don't look it, Ryan. Don't look yeah, it, Ryan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. thanks, thanks. Um, Sorry, Gary. No, no, that's all right. But, yeah, in terms of accepting what mm. has happened, I'll never accept. Yeah, Josh, yeah. Can, I, can I just ask, how did your... Um, how did your lads take it? You know, kids are resilient. Family took care of the boys, of course, and, you know, getting them from school and stuff and then the next day after vivian was born at night i had my <laughs> uh, difficult spell um i broke away from the hospital and went and got the boys from school and sort of get you know went home gathered myself a little bit cleared my head a little and then went and got the boys from school and then um brought them to the hospital and you know we told them um and this was not an easy dis- decision for tiffany and i but um to, to even bring them right let alone anything else and so we you know we told him hey you know vivian's born and we shared the news and of course there's all sorts of tears and um we bring them up to the floor or i do and um I, you know it, 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 we want you to meet vivian but if you don't want to hold her it's you don't have to hold her and of course or not i shouldn't say of course but um in in, in our case the both boys chose to hold her um for a, for a spell and of course you know the tears and things of that nature. Um, I, for us, I think our head was that we wanted Vivian to be real to them in their way, yeah. the way they perceived life at 11 and 13 in, 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 but you know, so that, um, and, and maybe this was counterintuitive. Maybe this is non-traditional. I, I don't really know. It was right for us. And in hindsight, seven years of hindsight, it remains right for us. The boys will confirm that, 
it was difficult and right. And so, and that's what we did. And, um, but the boys have been largely resilient. We did go to family counseling, um, fairly soon after and spent as much time as we thought we needed there until we had both affirmation from the boys as well as our, um, care provider in the, in the family counseling set, setting that they were in a good place and that, you know, sort of, um, post care, what we could do to, you know, checks and balances, if you will. So that was really important that we did that. And then, you know, Tiffany in her own way checks in with the boys from time to time. I check in with the boys from time to time and it, it's, a uh, you know, there's nothing off the table. Any, any, they want to talk about anything, this and that. And even, you know, maybe once a month, for instance, there's things of that nature. We just check in and, um, there was expressions of love that they both, they got, they both got these personalized bracelets and carried her name and her birth date on their wrist for years. Yeah. Um, you know, stuffed animals, uh, uh, birthday event, Vivian's birthday events where we would celebrate her and they were fully engaged in that process and still are. Um, so the, but, but kids, kids are pretty resilient. It's an interesting thing. What you said, look at looking back on it, that moment that they chose to, it was interesting to hear about that, taking them the time also yeah. to, to, to hold their sister. Yeah. We, we didn't, we didn't want it to be like this story without any tangible or tactile, like, Oh yeah. Back in 2015, my baby sister died and my parents, it was awful. This and that. And like that, well, did you get to meet her? Like, I don't want one single human asking my boys, well, did you get to meet her? And they said, no, like that's, for me, for, for, yeah, for Tiffany and I, I, like, no. I agree. No, no, no. It makes it, like... That well, would be you, terrible. It was the words you said yourself. It just made it tangible. It made it real for them. That's right. So, yeah. Think, yeah. And there as so, well, they're, they're at that age at 11 and 13 where finality of death is understood. You know, kids of that age understand what death is um, and yeah. understand that that person, that baby, you know, that individual who has died is not coming back. Um, we had Alfie, who was three. Um, so we were in a completely different situation with him because everything is so black and white and everything is so, um, you know, you say, we, I remember sitting him down and telling him when we came back from the hospital and within about 10 seconds of telling him he wanted to go and play with his train set because that's what kids at three do, you know. And, and Alfie to this day still swears that he came to the hospital and met his sister. Yeah, he said this, yeah. and he, he, we, he, you know, he said it when he wow. came in, and I have to keep reminding him that he didn't. There's, well, they came in on a previous. They I did. think it was series two or three. Uh, the sibling episode. I'll stick a link in the description. Yeah, I think you two sort of had it out on the. On yeah. the you still can't decide it now. <laughs> no, he's and and the thing is, the the reason we didn't do it at three years old was probably for two reasons: is Alfie at that age always had an extremely vivid imagination to the extent where he would worry himself and panic and what have you. And we didn't want to put him into a situation where it was going to exacerbate that. But also, we just felt he was too young. Yeah. He was too young um, because he wouldn't have understood it. You know, like Joshua said there, uh, his boys were 11 and 13. Would Alfie have met Lily if, if he was 11, 13? Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Probably even a little bit younger as well because of the you know, the understanding and the maturity and the age and what have you. But one thing Alfie did do was come to the funeral. Um, you know, and he, he, I mean, this just shows how a three-year-old's mind worked because he said to us one day, I, I never want to go to one of those weddings again because everybody cries. Mm. So he, yeah. church for him was yeah. going to church to a wedding. 
but it wasn't. Yeah. It was his sister's that's funeral, it, yeah. you know, and, and mm -hmm. that's how a three-year-old's mind works that's at that, that time. That's the, the only thing you can relate it to, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Yeah, absolutely. Joshua, thank you so much for coming on. I'm wary it's... Uh, We've been on for an hour now. Well, actually, just over an hour because if anyone's still with us from YouTube at the start, you'll notice you want to hear this on the, the edited version on your podcast providers. We, we started again after 10 minutes because we were still under a couple of sound issues. Thankfully, it's all sorted now. And Joshua, we feel free to, if you'd like to come on and join us again at another opportunity because I do feel actually... There's more to talk there's, about. There's a lot more that we, we could talk to you about. And, I, I'd yeah. be quite happy to come back on and... You know, because of Tiffany's craft and the 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 role she's done well, as you know, she's a midwife now, and like there's so much, there is more to our story. I mean, I mean yeah. that in the most hum humble way possible. You are um, a very humble guy, and this yeah. is like, because I've got my notes I've been making during it. You know, you, you, your wife is. Uh, you so you've been together 24 years this year, married. Is that that's what I think you that's said? Right. So congratulations right. on that. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love the opportunity to share some more and. And the story, the story gets lighter. <laughs> it's there's still some heavy parts, of course, but yeah. the story gets lighter. And there's been some, you know, by God's grace, there's a little bit of accomplishment for us okay. in ways that are not selfish. They're in ways that have been genuinely helpful in, uh, and with the positive feedback loop in, in those things. And I, I would like to be able to encourage others as well at the right time in the right place. Well, what, what I will say is I don't, I don't think anything that you've mentioned at any point has resonated with me. I've gone, oh, well, he's a bit bloody selfish. Have no, any, no, no, no. <laughs> to be honest, can't wait to get him off. <laughs> yeah. I've, not had that, I've not had that thought once. And with uh, your sure. wife being a, a labor and delivery nurse, I did want to actually, because I'm just, uh, we could touch on this next time, but briefly, she working in the same hospital where you lost Vivian still. That's right. I mean, that's a different conversation, there, right? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She went on to work there and then she finished wow. her midwifery program. Now she's a certified nurse midwife for a number of years now. Okay. Wow. Well, listen, we Incredible. will 100% get you back on. Yeah, sure. It, I mean, we're in November now, so it'll be in the new year and we'd, we'd like to get you of back course. on again because of absolutely. Uh, Joshua, thank, thank you. you thank you very much. That was Joshua Hewson. And yeah, we are. Do, so we, do you mind us putting your link in, in, in uh, your Instagram link on the description for this episode? Oh, that's fine. Okay, yeah, so it's um, 80, 80K under, underscore Josh, like a okay. alpha delta um, kilo underscore Josh. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. fantastic. Uh, we would, Like we said, we'll get you back on again in the new year, but if anyone wants to, to, reach, out to uh, reach out to Joshua, that would be, uh, be fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome, guys. Take good care. You too. Josh, thanks a lot, mate. Right. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. That was so powerful. I'm telling you, that was that was one of the most powerful ones I think we've had. Just his his emotion that came out was just yeah. From incredible. obviously, there's a different way you listen to this compared to how I listen to it. I'm learning how to support mm. bereaved fathers. You two have been through it. I guess tonight, all I guess have been through it. So when I hear you in particular saying, when you mentioned that note, I think it was the. There was a couple of moments where you had to hold it together. And I remember that. And it reminded me of the Ian Lawton in his car episode as well. And it's and just because I'm very wary that reliving the worst moment of your life at that, that time. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like the fact he was, you know, if you know, if you want brave, that's you've got him mm. right there, haven't you? You know, that's that's yeah. Amazing. I shit you not, I had tears in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, I was... That's the quote we're going to use at the start of the episode. <laughs> no, yeah. I was... Yeah, I, was I, I genuinely had tears yeah, yeah. in my eyes then. He, yeah. Yeah, because it, it brought back... Yeah. It brought back... Yeah. Um, it takes you right back the to the moment, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does.
And how do you feel at the end of an episode like that when it's there's a lot of comparables? He, he was such he's such a nice, yeah. likable bloke, isn't he? And he brings so you back to the humble, isn't he? Yeah, and he brings you back to the you know we see people on a daily basis, and you think, what, what like why life just doesn't give why a why are these people yeah. why yeah. are these people having to go through this? Yeah, why are nice they people. nice people, yeah. humble people? You know, and and it's right. I mean, I, I I never know when the right time to say things like this is is good or not. But with the no, guests, I'm going to say there are genuine dickheads in the world. Yeah, that, like okay, yeah, the way yeah. With all we due respect, we haven't had a like, tit on the show yet. That's no, what I was going to say. I, I think I think Matt has stolen the open <laughs> the opening line. No, but there, but there, no, but no. there there are and 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 there's people that go through things and it's the people that go it's the people like that that really get and you know what you know me well enough to know that I in general I'm pretty laid back. I, I don't really but when I hear people I think it's that whole when I hear people complaining yeah. about things and I think you know what you just you, you, uh, you don't look, know everyone's got the sto- got a story I understand oh, yeah. that yeah, but absolutely. when I hear a person complaining what have you been through oh well yep. that that's what gets me yeah and, right, and so Ryan's right you've mentioned that Ryan's before right. you right you know. We've had um, we've actually had a comment on YouTube from Tiffany. Oh, so Joshua's Joshua's wife. Oh yeah, we're still on, aren't we? Good oh, thing I... we didn't badmouth him. <laughs> <laughs> and we've actually just had a, <clears throat> we've just had another one come through as well from um, a lady called Christy, and I think these are really nice to finish on as well. Actually, they're really nice comments. Um, so Tiffany said, "Thank you all for this platform and making a difference. Blessings to you all." And Christy um, has put, thank you for giving Josh this platform. Such a beautiful family that keep loving Vivian and their boys and keep growing and communicating as a family to respect and love Vivian. I I couldn't believe the amount of times you mentioned just how he was concerned about how other people were feeling in that moment. Yeah. And and but that's human nature, isn't mm. it? You know, people but that do really does give an insight into the person's character. Oh, absolutely, and, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's just a good person. There's a purity yeah, just there. because be, yeah. yeah, and and the thought of other people, yeah, absolutely. Matt, just for variation, and I might I don't know, I might edit this point off the edited version, but we need to get an arsehole on just so we can sort of see the difference in the type of person. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone's been... <laughs> because no, no. of the depth yeah. of the conversation and what it's about, it's just I yeah. don't know. It's I, a strange. No, one. It's, yeah. No, Obviously, I don't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just blown away that we are helping people over the pond. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy to think that Joshua over there, so it's three o'clock in the afternoon now over there, and he's however many thousands of miles away listening to this podcast, and it's helping him, and it's helping his family. It's just, I, I'm, my mind is blown as but, to the yeah. reach that, um, that, and what this is doing. Well, we right, mentioned yeah. a few, you know, we've, we've spoke plenty on this about not getting enough support from governments, not getting enough platforms. And the only thing I think I mentioned that I could think to say about this was, you're right, it's true, but we've also never been able, uh, we've never lived at a better time in history where we can create this mm. platform and put it in front of people. Yeah, not shoving it there, but no. it's there if you yeah, want it. Yeah, and absolutely. then it's on us to make the awareness. It's on the people listening if they don't mind, I know it's horrible and traumatic, but to let somebody else know, Mm. this is how we do it. We can't just keep waiting for somebody else to do it. Yeah. Our guests now, up till the end of March, um, I would say 80% of them are from outside the Midlands. It's mad, isn't it? So they're they're, they're, they're not even, you know, that's that's what I mean. Then they're not able to come into the studio because they live that, 
Well, there's one fella turning up from, he's coming from Sussex and he's actually coming into the stu studio. What, instead was, of doing it on Zoom? No, he was, he's driving up. What, I thought it was Somerset. Or Somerset. Well, yeah, either way, it's far. It's a long way. <laughs> yeah, it's far, yeah. Obviously not yeah. to our uh, our guest Joshua now in America because that just, you know, that that's just a quick nip to the shops for him. But I it? love the way now he's just going out on his bike for two hours. Two hours. Yeah, 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 I'm driving back in the rain in the dark. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was not a fun journey, by the way, no, two no. weeks ago after the last episode. You know, I'll never take the piss again out of someone who drives with their head right close up in front of their steering wheel. <laughs> I almost phoned you. Because that, that became me on the way home. I almost like, phoned you for counselling on the way home on that journey. I wouldn't have answered it. I was terrified to take two hands off the wheel. <laughs> Ryan was back chilling on his sofa. I was, yeah, yeah right. I was. Yeah. Cursing. Why, why is this not working? Why is this yeah, not working? Yeah. Trying to YouTube every single video on eight <laughs> mini pro ISOs. Yeah. So that brings to a close episode 38 of the Still Parents podcast. If you are new to it, you can listen to any of the shows in any order. As we always mentioned, bit of a disclaimer, we moved into a studio and I think it was the middle of series three. So the sound quality in the early ones is not absolutely, well, it's pretty terrible in some of them. Yeah. But, um, pants. but obviously it's the, it's the words and the content surrounding it. And if you'd like to go and listen to our most recent episode before this one, episode 37, where we had, it was a different episode because we were looking at things from a different culture from the Muslim community we had on from London Mohammed Omar MBE uh, you can listen to that episode right now but there, there's a couple of clips just to uh, give you an idea because obviously looking at it from a different perspective and he made some very some very good points don't look at somebody's color look at what they're going through don't look at people's circumstances just try and be with them at that time and that is priceless in my view such a powerful bloke. He was amazing. Yeah, he was. Really good bloke. People are so busy with their own lives. They don't yeah. even know who their neighbours are. So how will you have a mechanism? And that is why how counselling, people used to always say, go to the mosque, but people, some of them are not religious. Some yeah. of them don't have, want to go there. So how do you create a mechanism to cope with that individual's grief? I like that one especially because, sometimes, you know, just part of education, even though that person doesn't want to go to the mosque because they might not be religious themselves. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, really great bloke. Uh, episode 37, links in the uh, description. This was number 38. We'll be back in a couple of weeks from now with Matt, episode number... 39. There we are. Good at maths. Yeah. On that note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 20th of November. Uh, please give us a follow. Our Instagram is Still Parents Podcast. Our Twitter, Still Parents Pod. And we would love... if. if you don't have to, but just if you can give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts, it helps us uh, move up. The, it makes us easier to discover, which obviously is a, is a massive help, and that would, that would be great. Uh, if, if I get it. If not, if you're too busy, that's absolutely fine. But if you can get a minute or two, uh, bloody wonderful. And we are done. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thanks, guys.